So if you haven't figured it out by now, this week is a very important week. It is our week of Splash Camp. And I got to say, one of the key things is that we are uniquely wired. You're going to see a lot of people with shirts on up here on the stage and throughout the week. And, and I couldn't help but look at that. And Caleb, after your introduction to that, I think we need to get a shirt and just change those words or those letters around a little bit just for you, that you are uniquely weird. Okay? I mean, sometimes we got to do that, right? I just can't believe, Caleb, as a senior pastor, that you do that type of stuff, that silliness. I mean, when I was a senior pastor, there is absolutely no way that I would condescend to be that silly. Uh-oh. Why did that absorb? I didn't miss you. Cooper doesn't blow. What's that about? Well, this is Donald Duck trying to imitate Pastor Rick. But anyway... Truthfully, Caleb is uniquely wired and wonderfully made. And he is, one of the things I love about him, there's many different things I just love of the gift mix, but his involvement with children, both his own and then the children that are here is amazing. When you're going to see in the panel in just a few minutes, Steve Harvey has nothing on you, dude. You're good. Okay. But we will be fools for Christ. The apostle Paul said that in the scripture, that to win people to faith in Jesus, we'll be fools for Christ. We want to meet people where they are even if others think that that's foolish, and that's especially true for children. You know, there are many pictures of Jesus that artists have come up with, and most of those are serious, and for good reason. They're understanding it's it's hard, it's reflective, it's serious, but I love the ones of Jesus laughing, and I love the ones of Jesus with children. Like this one is one of my favorites. Look at that, and you see Jesus, how he epitomizes both the abundant life of being able to laugh and to be able to enjoy life. Jesus said, I come to give you life and give it to you abundantly. And that should involve laughter. And what a precious picture of a child there. Hey, who has not picked up a child and had them play with your, with your glasses or, or with your nose like this one is? And what a precious and powerful picture of Jesus. But you know, you might be thinking, well, this is just an artist's conception. It's, it's well done, it's, it's penciled in, and it's, it's that artist, it's their imagination, and that's a good thing, but is it grounded in reality? I wanna tell you, it is. I wanna show you another picture this morning that's not written with pencil on a canvas, but it's written with quill or pen or ink or pencil on a parchment. And these are words that God directed through his Holy Spirit that be written by Mark, one of Jesus' disciples, and it's in Mark chapter 10. And there's importance to understand that the Spirit of God directed these words to be written because this is an accurate picture of Jesus. The one that we just saw reflects that. Listen, if you've got your Bibles, follow along. I'm gonna be in Mark 10, verse 13 through 16. If you don't have them, just look on the screen and you can follow along. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and he blessed them laying his hands upon them. What a great picture of Jesus, much like the artist rendition that we saw. There are several things out of this passage that stand out to me that I just share with you. 
And that is one, they were bringing them. Who were they? They were their parents and grandparents and maybe older siblings or friends. We don't know, but they were bringing children to Jesus. And, and probably the children weren't standing there just waiting in line patiently to see Jesus. It was not like take a number and you'll get your turn. They were eager to see Jesus, I'm sure. And so the disciples were doing what they thought was a good thing for Jesus. He had been ministering, and he had been ministering to important people, to adults, and he had been teaching great things of the, of the kingdom and, and probably was tired, and so they wanted to keep the children from him. These disciples obviously subscribed to the conventional wisdom. Children must be seen and not what? Heard. Well, that may be conventional wisdom, but it's not biblical. And we see that Jesus is indignant about this. Now, this may rock some of your theological world, but the word indignant means Jesus was ticked off. He was angry. You said, wait a minute, Jesus never sinned. He couldn't be angry. No, God gets angry over certain things, and that's not sin. The scriptures tell us, be angry, but don't sin in your anger. Jesus was angry, as we should be over injustice and wrongness and those that are vulnerable. And Jesus led the charge on caring for those that are vulnerable and are marginalized, including children. So he says to the disciples, you don't get it. And in two different ways, two flip sides of the coin, he says, let the children come to me. Stop hindering them. And he took them and he blessed them and he held them in his arms. What a beautiful picture of Jesus. And the reason he gave is he says, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. For if anyone comes to me except like a little child, they'll never enter the kingdom. You know, one of the things with Splash Camp that's so important to us, Caleb said earlier, that about a third of the children that are going to be here represent families that sign and they don't have any church affiliation. We don't know what their faith basis is. But I will tell you, during the years I was doing student ministries, like 150 years ago, here was a thing I constantly heard in conferences. 85% of those who come to faith in Jesus do so before age 18. I have always been a firm believer that it's more like before the age of 10 or 11 or 12. These children that Jesus was talking to, the term that's used there was anywhere from a toddler up to a preteen. Obviously, there are many young children there because he took him up in his arms and he blessed them. You see a beautiful picture of that. Children will come to faith if they are given the right example and the right words. We want to do that. We encourage you as parents and family members and friends to do the same. But you know, it's more than that. This, this whole concept that Jesus goes, he uses the children as an object lesson. He says, unless someone come to me like a little child, just this week, we got a call that one of our older citizens here, one of our older family members at the church is Lorna Lee Orsburn. She's 89 years old and still just a great heart, great strength. And yet she was in the hospital and there was some things that concerned her. And so Caleb and Danny and I went down to see her and pray with her. And one of the first things she said when we walked through the door, she says, I'm concerned, but I know whose hands I'm in. I want to tell you, 13 years ago, Lorna Lee couldn't have said that. In her late 70s, she came to church here. And in simple childlike faith, she put her trust not in the goodness that she could do, but in what Jesus had already done for her on the cross and through his resurrection. 
And in childlike faith, even in her late 70s, she understood and accepted that and was baptized here and has been discipled here and is growing in faith. So today she can say, I know whose hands I'm in. What a great picture. You know, we want to do things in a way that's child appropriate, though. Proverbs 22 says, train up a child in the way he should go, according to their individual bent. They're not little adults. And so one of the things that we like to do when we have a dedication, we do this throughout the year, it's awesome to have Splash Camp. And Amy and her team do an amazing job. And there's over 100 volunteers that make this happen. Praise God for that. It's an all-hands-on-deck deal for our staff, but we require volunteers. As a matter of fact, Angela Roberts and I have the opportunity, the privilege, and yes, the challenge, of all week long teaching pre-kindergartners in this room right over here. That is going to be a challenge for someone like myself. Some of you are saying, that's about your level, Rick. You're good. It's going to be a blast. But we want to do it in child-appropriate fashions all year long. And so, for instance, when we have a child dedication, we give to those parents the Jesus story book in their perspective, their way. For instance, this first picture that's up here is exactly the story that I just told you from Mark. Any idea what part of the story this is, just from the picture? It's the disciples keeping the children away, right? But the next story tells an entirely different thing, that Jesus' mindset was far different than theirs. He embraced them. He included them. He brought them in. If those children see that Jesus is a friend of children, we want to see them drawn to him as the children were in the first century. You know, some of you know that I had knee surgery just a few weeks ago, and, and in doing that, I had a post-surgical uh, interview with one of the doctors that's a part of that, that practice. And I had met her before, but she came out, and as we talked, it became evident that she's a follower of Jesus. Matter of fact, that she goes to Christ Church of the Valley, Scottsdale, which I told her, I said, you may not know this, since she knew I was a pastor, but Desert Springs, that's where your church met for the first year, was right here. She said, seriously, so that led on to more conversation. As we did that, she was talking about raising her children and rearing them and teaching them in child-appropriate ways. So she would teach them out of books like this, not just about scripture things, but also about the body. Being a physician, that makes sense, right? And so anyway, she was talking about the heart, and she was showing them this book, and her older daughter said, I don't get this. She said, she's such a literalist. She said, well, if Jesus is in our heart, how's there room in there for him? It's a great question for the way we talk about this. But you know, children oftentimes also give adult questions. So when the doctor, Neil's mother passed away, the children's grandmother, the older daughter, said, well, if Jesus was in her heart, why didn't he just fix it while he was in there? That's a precious statement, isn't it? But it's also a very profound question. Candidly, it's a question I've been asking. Many of you have that have been praying for little Kylie Wilgens. Eric and Julie came here. They're missionaries who came here to go to school at Phoenix Seminary. And their little baby, one-year-old, falls into a bucket and is a victim of drowning. She's been on life support for the last two weeks. And just yesterday, I got a text saying, doesn't look good. There's some more complications. Pray for them. Pray for her. Pray for us that we can trust God and for them. But pray for a miracle that God will move in such a way dramatically to heal this little girl. But if he doesn't, that we would have the trust. Why do we do splash camp and other things? I got to tell you, when I look at the longer range view and 
Dr. Huff, Kevin, said this a, f- a few minutes ago. I think in it, prayer this morning, we prayed for someone who grew up in the children's ministry and youth ministry here. And that is Scott Olander, who's pastoring in Page. And Scott's son is pastoring next generation to students in the Page area. I think of missionaries that we have that grew up in the children's and student ministries here today that are now serving, or they grew up here over the last 40 years, but they're now serving in places like Africa and Mexico and some countries that we cannot mention because they are closed countries. And it would put them at peril if if it ever got out. But they're representing Jesus in those places. We have people like Kendall up here who wants to go into worship ministry who led us so much. They came through this program. When I look around and I see people in business and community and teaching and, and other places serving Jesus, that's what we're about. So it's so good. We thank God for that. And it's important to care for each of these in the way that they're uniquely wired and they are wonderfully made. Check out this video just to see a part of the message we want to get across to them this week. That's part of a video that we're going to be showing uh, during the week here at Splash Camp and showcasing how it is that God has uniquely wired each individual, and especially kids. And one of the ways that we can minister to and serve uh, kids is to listen to them. And so I'm going to ask our amazing kids panel to come on up, and we are going to do a little bit of a Q&A. Give them a big round of applause. Some of these questions are related. Some of you guys have asked some of these questions. And actually, during this series, uh, there's different ways that you can submit those questions online, whether it's through Facebook or through our webpage. Make sure you check that out. But I'm just going to sit with some of our uh, amazing kids, and uh, we'll listen and hear what they have to say. Mm. Mm. I see my chair is uniquely wired for me to be at eye level with you. And also completely not comfortable. So what we're going to do is we will start uh, here on my left, and I'd like you to say your name and then how old you are. Taylor, and I'm 11. I'm Andrew, and I'm 11. I'm Mackenzie, and I'm 11. I'm Nina, and Wait. I'm 11. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Nina, I'm Caleb, I'm 35. I'm Nina, and I'm 11. I'm Caleb, and I'm 10. Wait, I already took that name. So did I. No, you can't have it. It's my so name. Cute. Cool name. So what we're going to do is we've got some questions here, and I'm going to ask some of the questions. I know that uh, we've been talking a lot about Adventure Kids and Splash Camp. As you guys uh, have participated in Adventure Kids here at Desert Springs, what are some of the things, uh, like what's it like in Adventure Kids? What are some of the things that you've learned? Um, I have like learned about God and how he has like made my life like he's changed my life to like help out with everything and I get to like believe in him and I know that he loves me. That's cool. He always loves you. He always loves you. You learned that adventure kids? Yeah, that's cool. What about you guys? I've learned to believe in him. Yeah. I've learned that God is always with us. That's cool. Um, he taught me how to analyze the way that God wants me to. That's cool. How to think through things the way God wants you to. I like that. That's awesome. What do you think is one of the best things about being a kid? Um, Not having to worry about things adults do and being able to have fun. Yeah, so adults don't have any fun? (laughs) Andrew, you think adults don't have fun? Yeah, 
You get a lot of free time. You get a lot of free time? That's a great thing about being a kid, yeah? Except for school. <laughs> Except for school? Yeah, you got to do schoolwork, huh? Yes. What else? What's another cool thing about being a kid? I like not having to pay the bills. You, don't, you like not having to pay the bills? Yes. Yeah. Okay. My sisters have a lot more responsibilities than me. Mm. It's nice having some free time on my hands. So they're older than you, is that right? Yeah. Are you the youngest? Yeah. That's cool. And who, who here is the oldest? Oldest. Who's here is single kid? Not single relationally, like you're the only kid. Oh. <laughs> How many of you are an only child? Okay. <laughs> Andrew. And you got one older brother, is that right? Yeah. What do you got going on? An older brother. Oh. Two older sisters. Uh, one younger brother and two younger sisters. So you're the oldest. Dude, I was the oldest too. That's crazy. Caleb, oldest, like twinsies. <laughs> Just the beautiful face. We've got it all going on. So what's one of the most frustrating things about being a kid? Having to listen to so many adults. <laughs> Following all the rules. Following all the rules? Yeah. Goodness gracious. So do you think adults don't have to follow rules? Yes, they do. Oh, they do? Yeah, just different rules, right? Yeah. What else? Homework. That's frustrating about being a kid? Yes. Yeah. You don't like doing homework? No. Yeah, I get that. What do you think, Nina? My sisters have, get to do a lot more things than I get to do because they get to plan stuff, and I'm just, like, sitting around the house and doing nothing. So... <laughs> Okay, that sounds miserable. Uh, and what do you got? Uh, like, adults don't take your suggestions to heart. Oh, so one of the things that's frustrating about being a kid is that adults, they, what, they act like your opinion doesn't matter? Is that yes. what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah, that's a bummer. So if you could wave a magic wand today that would make you an adult instantly, what would be something that you would do to help kids? Probably like go like on a mission trip somewhere and just since I know how many kids don't have food or water, I just go help them because mm. share the gospel with them. Yeah, that's cool. What do you guys think? Help stop bullying. Help stop bullying? Yeah, is that a big deal for you guys? Like you guys yeah. see that going on? Yeah. Uh, donate to charity? Yeah, donate to charity, that's cool. What do you think? Um I would probably tell the kids like the parents are doing their best. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Do you think a lot of parents are trying their best? Yes. Do you, yeah. do you think parents are perfect? No. No. <laughs> Listen, let me give you guys some advice. If you would have said yes, that would have scored you some points for your <laughs> upcoming birthday. You want me to try it again? Nope. No. No? Okay. No. Okay, all right. I don't know if my parents are here, but they're, they're pretty good. Uh, birthday's coming up in September. So... Um, <laughs> What is one way that you wished adults would treat you differently? They would take you seriously. That they'd take you seriously? Yeah. They wouldn't talk like you're not there. Ooh, that's strong. How does that, what is, what's that like? Like, what's it look like? Like, me and my mom will be somewhere, and I'll be staying, like, right with her, and they'll ask my mom, like, how old I am. Instead of asking you. Me, yeah. yeah. And then you just like, hey. <laughs> look over here, look over here. Right? <laughs> So not being taken seriously, acting like you're not even there in the room, just, mm -hmm. what, yeah. what else? What's one way you wish adults would treat kids differently? 
that they don't talk to us like we're little kids, but uh, yeah, we are kids, but we can still take, we don't have to be treated like we're little babies. Right. Like we're nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're just a thing. Like you're just an object. An object. Yeah. Sitting still in the room. Yeah. Nothing. My, you know, my one-year-old was telling me that just, she's like, all you do is carry me around. I'm getting sick and tired of it. Treat me like a person. It was she bizarre. Yeah, it was, yeah. She can talk? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, my wife's been, you know, training her. It's pretty good. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to do with parents or adults? Other adults? What do you think? I like eavesdropping. What's that? I like eavesdropping. You do that with your parents or to your uh, adults? Well, like when we have like family gatherings, I just like kind of eavesdrop. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Write that down. What else? Going swimming with my family. Going swimming with the fam. Yeah, Going camping cool. with my family. Going camping. That's cool. I like just hanging out. Yeah, hanging out with your fam. What do you think? Video games. Video games, dude, what's up? There we go. Do you think you could beat me at Mario Kart? Yes. I don't think so. I'm pretty good. I think I've got like 15 years more experience. No, wait, 20, something like 20 or something more years of experience. Not great at math. So, what do you think adults usually misunderstand about kids your age today? That we think we're... They think we're lazy and spend too much time on our phones. Yeah. Do you? Probably. But yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Annie? You got one? Uh, yes. And what is it? <laughs> no? No? Kids are irresponsible. I need to be guarded every single second of the life. Oh, yeah. Like helicoptering. Like, yeah. Like they can't handle responsibility. Yeah. What if you're inside a house? What's that? What if you're inside a house? What are you saying? Never mind. Never mind, sorry, I, couldn't, I can't hear you. What do you, adults usually misunderstand about kids your age, Caleb? That we're not three years old and that we can handle bigger responsibilities. Yeah, like chores? Yeah. <laughs> I get those a lot. Maybe we could do some more. No? no? I'm good. You're good? You're, all, you're filled up? You know, what do you think? What's something that adults misunderstand about kids? Um, that, like the, what Taylor said, that we are on our technology too much, mm. but we, if we had the time to go hang out with our friends, then we would, but since sometimes we're like too far apart, we just would rather go on social media then. Yeah. Yeah, so it's hard to stay connected with friends without doing it, but you're saying you'd rather do it in person, like hang out with friends in person. Yeah, yeah that's than cool. social media. Yeah, than on social media. Did I ask you already? No. What do you get? You got something for me? Uh, basically the same thing as Taylor and Nina. Like, they think we're like on our devices too much. Yeah. So what do you guys think about social media? Like, is it just like the most... I have a limit. You have a limit? Yeah. We all have a limit, but some of us just don't pay attention to that. <laughs> yeah. What are you guys? I think that social studies okay. is about history, right? Social studies about history? Is that what you're yes. saying? Okay. Yes. But I think there should be another class for that. Like, social studies should be on, like, being, like, more social, like, with other people. Okay. Not with textbooks. Socialized. Yeah. Like, so, like, social, socialize. I would much rather be with my friend than FaceTime him and just see him on an electric. Yeah, on electric devices. On yeah. his awesome playground. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. What's your favorite family tradition? What do you got, Taylor? Um, going to my grandparents on Christmas Eve to like open presents. And... Yeah, that's a good one. What do you got? Uh, I like monthly camping. Monthly camping? Yes. That's awesome. Dude. Oh my God. Have you ever camped in your backyard? No. no? Summerly camping? <laughs> no. I what do you got? Camp a lot. Um, on my birthday, I get to choose like for every meal what I want. And how many meals are there in the birthday day? Normally three. Okay, so three square. Okay, good. And I don't have to do any chores. My brother has to do them all. Okay. <laughs> now, on his birthday, what are you doing? All the chores. You're doing all the chores. <laughs> Whose birthday is next? Mine. Well, my mom's. Then mine. Your mom's. So are you going to do the chores on your mom's birthday? Probably. Yeah, that's good. That's good. What do you got going on? Um, I'd say going to Michigan and just being able to spend time with my family because they all basically live in Michigan and yeah. you finally get to see them. That's cool. When, like, when do you go to Michigan? In the, when we go to su when it's summer break and then when we have winter break too. Oh, wow. What's, what, what's it like in Michigan in winter? Uh, it's really cool and it's so cold that you're like getting frostbite, but it's cool. Okay, um, so just to be clear. If you step outside and you don't have gloves on, your fingers are going to fall off. No, but no. You, you might feel like it. Okay. And that's cool. My favorite vacation was Washington, D.C. You went to Washington, D.C.? With yeah. my mom. For With my your birthday. mom? That's cool. Mm -hmm. What was like the coolest thing there? Uh, my favorite thing was the Washington Monument. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I got to stay with my friend. Yeah. There, so. That's really cool. That's awesome. As you guys think about growing up, what's something that worries you, that you're worried about? A job. You're worried about what? A job. Getting a job? Okay. That's good. Yeah, you get your resume ready. <laughs> right? What else we got? What are you worried about as you think about growing up? I worry about, like, growing up, like, getting, like, well, a job and like being able to afford a house and stuff. Affording a house, getting a job, just growing up in general. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little scary, isn't it? Yeah. Um, probably just being able to like afford college. Yeah. And, yeah. That's cool. What are you guys think? Probably the same as Mackenzie. <laughs> just worried about growing up, getting a house, getting a job. Yeah. yeah. Keeping a job. Keeping a job, yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's strong, dude. That's strong. Yeah, getting a job, but keeping it. Getting, All right. That's, that's getting power. and keeping. Getting and keeping a job. Why do you think that it's important for adults to listen to kids? We have more experience. <laughs> more experience doing what? Everything. <gasps> but they've been, they've been alive longer. Yeah, but we've been alive longer. <laughs> We have more imagination. Oh, so you imagine the experience more. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Go with that. You're good. Yeah. Why is it important for uh, adults to listen to kids? Because if they just put, like, if you say, there's a fire, Mom, there's a fire. And if they just put those words in the back of their head and they don't pay attention to them, then they, we could be in trouble. <laughs> okay, so to be clear... It's important for adults to listen to kids because if the kid says that building is on fire and the adult doesn't listen, there's going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. 
What do you guys got? If adults listen, the kids know that they care. The kids know they care if adults listen. What's it, what's it feel like when it seems like people aren't actually listening to you? They don't really care and yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> How does it make you feel? Bad, yeah, yeah, bad. Does that ever happen to you as kids? Like adults just don't seem like you're, they're not really, they don't care what you're saying? Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes, Sometimes. they yeah. just block it out. Yeah. Yeah, so it's important for them to like look at you when you're talking and actually listen. Like when my mom's on her phone reading her book, which is about half of her time. Okay, here we go. She doesn't listen to me. Like yeah, the it's difficult, right? The first five right? times I right. ask her, mom, 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 mom. Okay. Did what? you know what mom's favorite thing is? Getting asked questions. Mom, 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 mom. Moms love that. <laughs> They That's why they it. don't listen to it. Yeah, I would just strongly encourage you to do that a lot. Where's my daughter? Just kidding. <laughs> Hi. Why is it important for adults to listen to kids? Oh, you listen to me. <laughs> what, you looking at me? <laughs> like, if the kids or, like, adults, like, don't listen to each other, then the adults won't know what's going on in the kid's life, mm. and the adults won't know how to help. Yeah. Well, kids bring a different perspective to adults, and that helps adults treat kids better. Yeah, that's good. So it helps even the adults grow as they hear from the kids, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Would you guys give it up for this wonderful panel? One of the big takeaways for me as we think about Jesus calling the children to him, Jesus calling each of us his children, uh, and calling us to love and to serve others with Christ-like love, one of the things that we are to be thinking about is as we engage with people who are in different generations than we are. See, it's easy to understand how that works laterally or to people that are around our age, but as we think about those who are in generations different than ours, whether that's younger or older, it's important to, what did you hear? Listen to treat with respect, to actually engage and to, uh, to hear what it is that they're saying. And I want to encourage you as you think about how the gospel applies to your relationship with those of different generations, especially kids. Are there kids in your life, whether that's your own children or grandchildren or nieces and nephews or just close friends and their kids or just kids within our church family? How is it that you can show respect, love, grace, an interest when they're speaking, when they're engaging, when you're uh, talking to one another, perhaps when you're praying with one another, it's important to recognize that children are people too. And as Rick had mentioned, we are never called in scripture to have children simply be seen and not heard. We need to hear, we need to listen to those who are of generations different than ours. Uh, I'm gonna pray for us and then I've got a couple announcements and then we will conclude. Would you join me as we pray? Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for the many ways you provide for us and for this opportunity to hear from uh, many of our brothers and sisters who are younger than us, 10, 11, or 12. Lord, we pray that as we uh, have heard from your word, as we think about how it applies to our lives and to our church family, that you would continue to shape us into a people more and more like you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.